Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tilt's The Interesting Liquid Talk Show. I'm your host, Natty and Sands, the director of 1UP Studios for Team Liquid. If you're new to the show, if this is your first time listening, definitely follow us on your favorite podcast application. We are on all of them. If you prefer to watch us, see our pretty little faces, you can find us on Team Liquid's YouTube channel. Also wanted to share an awesome five-star review coming in from user a liquid fan, clearly a liquid fan, that says, really insightful podcast and pretty unique in the space for its professionalism and game agnostic takes. Looking forward to catching the rest. Well, thank you, a liquid fan. We really do appreciate your five-star review. And if you guys want to leave a five-star review or four or three or two or one, but mostly five, you can do so on Apple Podcasts. Today on the show, we have two of our three brand new Rocket League players. We have Fruity and Speed joining us all the way from across the pond in the UK. This is an exciting episode because Team Liquid just got into Rocket League, so I'm going to pick these guys' brains and see how they feel about joining the team. So Fruity, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Thank you, man. It's, uh, it's great to be here. I'm super excited. And Speed, thank you for being on the show as well. Thank you very much. I can't wait to get this started. Uh, so I want to start off uh, with a question to both of you. A very simple, easy first question jumping into tilts. Do you feel an overwhelming amount of pressure and anxiety being part of Liquid's Rocket League team having just signed to the game? <laughs> Are you shooting first or am I? You go first, you go first. <laughs> um, nah, more than ever, more than anything else. More than, it's more than uh, any other org, let's put it that way. Um, the only time I've ever felt more pressure was, was playing WSOE last January, other than playing in the Grand Finals of that. Other than that, there's... No walk pressure has ever been this big. I will admit that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say the same. Uh, uh, it's just this is a whole different scale for us compared to like what I've been previous part of. So it's just insane to me, and and you know you just want to do your best, and so you you feel that, but you also feel all the fans. I've never been part of a community like Liquid has, and. That is something that is really, really motivating and it really motivates me every time to go out and just do the fans proud because I know there's a, a lot of them and, and I didn't really expect that going into it. Uh, so I'm like super stoked about that, always having people behind us. Uh, so I, yeah, there's definitely some pressure because you see you see all the fans like directly in Discord, you see them messaging and and you wanna be, you wanna do them proud and do them you know justice and, and you wanna prove yourself as you're the right pickup for sure. I mean, I, I said it as like kind of a tongue in cheek joke, mm -hmm. right? But like you guys obviously got on Liquid's radar for a reason. You're obviously really, really good at what you do. So uh, on top of feeling like, you know, maybe nervous, is there also just a sense of pride for you and your career? Mm -hmm. Like, is this kind of what you were shooting for? Both uh, same question to both of you. I would definitely say this is like the biggest move I've ever had in an organization and just in general as a personal uh, career move as well. Uh, so yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was it was one of those things where where I I agree with him again. It's, it's like um, this was one of the things which I shot for. Yes, absolutely to get to get an org like this behind me was was like like up there with winning a world championship. It was getting getting like a, a liquid t size, liquid style org that I really wanted. And now that it's happened, that's one thing off the bucket list. Now it's now it's a world championship, and then bucket list completed. That's it. Thing. Short two one. things on the bucket list: <laughs> sign the liquid. Okay. All right. When it comes to when it comes to hitting a ball in a net with an electronic car, yeah, that's my bucket list. Nice, <laughs> nice. I don't know if you guys recognize the the set that I'm in, but it is the scene from the Rocket League announcement video. I shot the ball getting out of the bed right here. Really? That's the oh, one. I didn't even notice. The famous, oh, there the it famous is. Famous Rocket League announcement yeah. video. Um, 
But Honestly, I guess that was incredible. Oh yeah, that was that, 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 that Did that not? What film did you base the intro off of? I didn't. I just shot random scenes of a ball. Like we we had this idea where it was like a hero's journey, where it's like let's just personify this ball and have him like do a bunch of different stuff. And so I bought this electronic car. We randomly found out that Cloud Nine had an RC car, <laughs> so we bought that to destroy it. Yeah, it just kind of all came together based off of um, like COVID regulations and stuff. We're like, yeah. we can't really do anything in person. So let's just, it was just me in my apartment shooting this soccer ball, just rolling all around. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was, that was a fun one. I thought it came together well. But this isn't about me. This is about you. Stop trying to make it about me. <laughs> I want to talk about uh, just, I guess, in general, how both of you kind of entered Rocket League and why that was the game that you decided to spend all your time doing. What, what about Rocket League kind of drew you to it? I actually think like both of us have like the same kind of story because we made it together, no? I would say like me and Speed have Pretty played much, together yeah. before, like in 2018, I think it was. Um, yeah, we, we were on the yeah, team yeah. called. It was mid yeah, We were in the team called the Bricks at the time, and we were just um, we were just six men's warriors at that moment, and we were just um, playing the leaderboards and like weekly tournaments and and just playing everything we could, and we started getting results together, and then we started yeah. getting noticed, and we started getting really good results, and then then the the like interest from other teams peaked because of a new season and then from there our our careers took took off pretty much yeah and you left me yeah okay. sorry but now i'm back <laughs> well now, <laughs> now you're now together again it's like you full yeah. circle it's a yeah. full circle situation but out of all, all of all the games out there i guess what drew you as competitors to uh you know car soccer essentially mm. like what what about the game were you like I can't stop playing this, right? Like people have their addictions with games, but what was addicting about Rocket League for you? The infinite skill ceiling. Yeah. The infinite skill ceiling, the the feeling that even now, five years in, people are still getting better and better and better. And there is no, like, I think, I think the thing, the best way that you can characterize it is like, you can, you can cheat in CS. You can get an aimbot in CS. You can get scripting in League of Legends. You can get, you can get a lot of bots. This game has such an infinite skill ceiling that the players are higher than the bots. Like, if you put any of us against the best bot that anyone could create right now, we'd still want them. Like, it, it's the it's the infinite capabilities to Rocket League that that um, that I guess drew me to it, and the fact that I was naturally very good as soon as I picked it up. That that definitely helped. Did you play like FIFA or anything before that? Like, yes. what? Oh, you did. Is that is, yes, was I've that broken... your entry into this kind of game? Was FIFA? Uh, I've broken TVs and everything off of FIFA. I played a lot of FIFA. <laughs> um, oh, no, no, that's, just, that's that's an avenue, yeah. Um, I haven't been very competitive all my life, but I guess... No, no, I never... FIFA didn't get me into Rocket League. My school friends got me into Rocket League, who I so happened to play FIFA with. It wasn't the, the football aspect that got me into Rocket League. It was the fact that I played it for three weeks, and they'd played it for two months, and within those three weeks, I was better than them, and I've always had an obsession with being better than people at, like, video games. So I then got addicted and kept playing it and kept playing it and kept playing it sort of thing. Um, Interesting. But, yeah. What about you, Fruity? Was that... What was your entry into... Like, what did you play before Rocket League? Oh, I used to play Counter-Strike as every other day, and then I moved on to <laughs> League of Legends, um, which I got quite good at. I almost went pro in League of Legends. Um, really? Yeah, I actually got to the highest level. Um, we qualified for the qualification in Poland for the first split of the championship series, but we were yeah. too young, and we said, okay, let's just try, you know, like, you never know if you're going to make it. 
but we knew going into it that we might actually not be able to play, but we just qualified anyway. So it was like, oh, it was a missed opportunity, right? But some of my teammates back in the days, they actually went on to, to the World Championship. I don't know if you remember season three, uh, what were they called, Lemon Dogs? Um, I think it was Sora Zero I used to play with, uh, Mr. Rales. I think yeah. he played on TSM uh, in NA for some, some time. Um, but yeah, I used to play play League of Legends at a higher level. Um, I, I signed my first contract when I was 15 in League of Legends. Um, so League That's of Legends crazy. like taught me a lot of competitiveness, yeah. which is then something that I saw in Rocket League that I really enjoyed. Uh, the, the, the grind, you know, like you want to become the best and you want to get at the top level. Um, that is something I've always like really, really loved about any game I picked up. It could be Counter-Strike, it could be League of Legends, it could be Rocket League. Um, so Those for are me, such it's, different games, though. Yeah, it is. Those are it three is. completely different yeah, games. So like, and you're FPS. and you're highly skilled in all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I used to be really good at all of them. Um, I think I went to my first league, like a Counter Strike tournament when I was like 13, and we beat like the the best teams there. That was in the the secondary tournament, which was just amateurs, and we like, we couldn't have been more than 13, 15, and 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 all these like adults they got really mad when they got beat by a bunch of kids. <laughs> and you could just hear like in the hall that everybody was screaming uh, because we beat them. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just a competitive nature. I think like that, that aspect really intrigues me when it comes to like games where there's an esports scene. Um, so yeah, I've always been really, really competitive in all the games I pick up and just pour all my time and energy into. So is it the, so the infinite skill ceiling in Rocket League, right? Mm -hmm. Now that you both kind of made it there, is it, is it the way that you're thinking about it? Is it your reaction time? Like what sort of elements are the most important for you to continue to get better at Rocket League? Uh, the thing that makes it infinite about Rocket League is definitely the mechanical aspect, the the ability to read the ball, um, that also side the of consistency things. of it. Yeah, the consistency, yeah, the, the of, consistency of the mechanics. That's what I'm... Yeah. Like the, the whole mechanical side of things is what is infinite. Um, in that if you look at... If you look at the strategical side from, say, Season 5, which is, what, two and a half years ago, and you look at it to now, there's not too much difference. It's just a lot faster, a lot more mechanical, and I think that's going to keep being the trend for the next year, two year, etc. Um, I think that's the main thing that makes it the infinite skills, the, that makes it so, the skill ceiling so high. Yeah. yeah. And are people still figuring out, like new ways i mean we'll we'll get to talk about cooks here in a little bit right but when i was even doing the rocket league video i was like oh the cooks here pinch like this whole thing where he like does this like you know hit off the, and for, forgive me rocket league's not my my main game of choice but i i think it's entertaining to watch i tried to play it and i just like wanted to jump off my balcony because i was so terrible but are people still figuring out like new ways to not like not cheat the game, but just like figure out these new mechanics that like surprise you guys. And are you guys working on something similar like that yes. as well? Cooks here literally two days ago. I was, it was just after you'd gone off for, for food or something. I was, I was messing around in free play and Cooks tells me some mechanic and he goes, have you ever tried that before? Cause I discovered this a couple of months ago and I've kept it hidden. And for reasons that it's actually really useful and I'm not going to tell anyone about it. I don't want to say exactly what it was, but I tried it out and it works so well. And I was like, Oh my God, this is something that I've never even thought about before. And it's just something that makes absolutely no sense, but you just, stumble across it as he tends to stumble across everything yeah. um, and just adds it to an arsenal and it, it's, it's seriously frightening what that guy does 
<laughs> I, I don't think anyone looks at the game like Quixie does. And, no, no and one that's does. why he's <laughs> close. Like, no way. Like, there's no way. He's such a unique player and, and mm -hmm. person that I don't think anyone will come ever close to it. Yeah. I mean, before we started rolling, you were you were kind of making fun of him a little bit. You're like, oh, classic cooks here, not here to do this podcast where he has to talk and stuff. <laughs> but uh, I guess, Speed, we'll start with you because you've been uh, you've been playing with him the longest, I think. So your yeah. other teammate, Cooks, uh, not on the podcast. It's OK. We'll do him justice by talking about him now. But kind of tell me about your competitive history with him and your friendship and, you know, when you first met him, all that stuff. Give me some juicy Cooks here <laughs> stories. Um, so it all started, what, just it all started just after, I think, Fruity left to PSG, so this is mid to like August 2018. I then go on to Triple Trouble and we start playing these GFIN weeklies, which is me, Ronicky, and Tadpole on Triple Trouble. And we came up against then Flipside at the time, which would have been Cooks, Yukio, and Mystic. And every single tournament, we just batter them. Like every tournament. And this was this like top two European team that we were just battering. And, and if God's honest truth, um, Cooks thought. Um, skipping forward um, to January when Yukio went to Dignitas Cooks and Mystic were talking about their third player and Cooks and Mystic both wanted a player from Triple Trouble which was me, Ronicky and Tad but Cooks wanted Ronicky um, and Mystic wanted me and then we did we did one scrim and Cooks was like wait you're the reason they 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 were so like lethal well that's what he said to me and I was like I don't know I don't know you make your decision and that was kind of how we team together but since then it's been a year and a half of me nagging him and nagging him <laughs> and more nagging and more nagging and hey a little bit more nagging to do to do things <laughs> um, that in turn would make him ridiculously good at the game but he's he's so much fun I've, I actually have hundreds of stories it's ridiculous um, the stuff he pulls off the stuff he says is just he says he's bad at English, yet he's one of the best. He's better at English than me. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> so he won't come on these podcasts because he doesn't think his English is good. That's one of the main Was reasons. Was that his there reason? Are. There's a couple of others. He is camera shy, but he also doesn't think his English is very good, which if you ever speak to him for more than five minutes, you'll realize it's better than mine. And um, he should be doing all the interviews. Yet yeah, here I am doing most of them, if it's not for <laughs> But I mean, hey, but, that's why yeah. you guys are here, which is fine. But you know, I mean, it's it's cool that you you have such a long competitive history with him, and that he is such an insane player. I guess where, yeah. uh, well, I guess Fruity, what, what about you? How 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 does your competitive history look with Cooks? Um, I I think I've only seen him as like one of the biggest names in in Rocket League. Like you go into a game like Rocket League and you're nobody, and then you look up and you see this guy in season two who won uh, he won the world championship, right? And then you see this guy and, and the things that he did back then and then now, and he's like still competing and, and you're on team with him and you know that he has the experience and the results. It's just, it's just I don't know, it's, just, it's still surreal to me. I still don't get that I'm teaming up with him because he's been there forever and, and you, you play with names that you always looked up to when you were like a nobody. Um, so I've always like just competed against him in like small tournaments. Um, I think me and Speed actually beat him like a couple of times in like the, the tournaments that we played together. And we started yeah, being yeah. flip side quite consistently and we always had good games against them. Um, were you so with yeah, me for Ballistics Brawl? Was that, yeah, was yeah, that yeah, the yeah, one yeah. was we you used, with? Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. 
tournament like yes. July July 2018 where we beat Cooks mm-hmm. in Ballistics Brawl to qualify for this thing and at the time that was like whoa and then in the finals they turned around and batted us but yeah. that's besides the point we forget that part of history that's <laughs> irrelevant um, true. <laughs> true no but this is like it's always been like he's probably one of the biggest competitor and the biggest names in the scene and yeah yeah yeah, and we were just talking. We were talking about before we started recording as well how he's like very mysterious. He kind mm-hmm. of like just comes and goes as he pleases. So has there has there been any like funny instances where he just kind of like drops off the map completely, and you're like, "Hello, like <laughs> I need you for something." <laughs> I mean, there's so many times we we have to like. I mean, like we have to sometimes call him to wake him up, you know, late Mr. night. Mr. Oversleeping Screams. Yeah, he, he 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 has quite a unique <laughs> sleep schedule. Um, unique. That's that's a. an understatement rather so sometimes Um, you just have to call him up and then suddenly he's like oh I'm here I'm here and it's like at this time you just woke up and we had to call you that's Cooks you know like he has that mysterious factor Uh, (laughs) well it sounds like he's just staying up late and like scouting every pixel inside the game to try to find some sort of new mechanic all the time yep (laughs) so he'll play for 20 hours and sleep for 20 hours yeah and that that just yeah I don't understand Um, I've got a very good relationship with um his girlfriend Bruna simply because of the amount of times I've had to phone her to wake him up because we weren't <laughs> sure if he was going to be on time for scrims uh, <laughs> he's got a lot better over the years he's now a lot better but once upon a time a year and a half ago this was a bi-weekly occurrence definitely so, uh, when did when did Liquid actually approach you guys and like how did like who did you talk to when did you start hearing about it was it like Tefis did somebody else reach out? Was it Victor? Who reached out no, to you? And like, wait, wait. when did you first start Tephis conversations did. with? I think John did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like DM'd me on Twitter one night after we we played a tournament. What was the tournament we were called? Um, Euro I Cup. can't remember. Yeah, Euro Cup, I think. Mm-hmm. And we we did quite well in one day, and we beat like Vitality, and um, and suddenly he's like messaging me in DMs, and I'm like. <laughs> Uh, guys, look at this. Uh, there's showing some interest, <laughs> and then yeah, it pretty much took off from there. Um, yeah, genuinely, I think I think sorry, it was about 24 hours. The the difference between being uh, between finishing our contract with Mouse Sports onto having like first talks with Liquid, it was literally 24 hours. Was a separation. It was ridiculous. Um, and I remember talking to him about that too. And and for those of you listening or watching that don't know John Lewis or Tefis, he's our head of athletics. And he always has to be very, very careful. If he follows one person on Twitter, he even told me, especially in the Rocket League community, if he would have followed you guys, yes. then like <laughs> yeah. everybody would have done like super crazy detective nonsense and then it just would have been leaked instantly, right? So he, yeah, he yeah. always has a really hard time doing these negotiations or like conversations with players because if he follows anybody, it's just instant leaks. Um, or especially in Rocket League as well, like there's a dedicated like <laughs> Twitter account where... Yeah. If any pro plays with another team, they know it before we know it. They're pretty much like detectives, and there's multiple. Yeah. Like I think there's ten people doing it all the time, and yeah. Reddit is always searching. I didn't know it was searching. that serious. There's no, ten it, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> like it when is. I was when I was shooting the Rocket League video, I made sure not to wear like a liquid T-shirt while I was out shooting with a soccer ball in a car because like I didn't mm. want anybody to see me and then just be like, "Liquid's gonna go to Rocket League." But yeah, it's yeah. crazy that yeah, these people are just like super detectives. I mean, they're super, super invested into the scene, and that's one thing about Rocket League that everybody is like super invested. Uh, I think that's what makes Rocket League quite unique in the community aspect. Uh, everybody's super passionate, and and seeing all the fans at the events is, is something that you really miss. Uh, but you guys kept it a secret for quite a long time. Was that like excruciatingly difficult for you? 
Nope. No. <laughs> nope. It's just everyone else is ridiculously bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just talks to their friends and then their friends talk to their friends and then, you know, it, it starts rolling. But no, I really enjoyed it, keeping it secret. Yeah. Everyone's Sherlock Holmes. All of the all of the Shift RLE Sports people are all um, in some way connected to pro players or friends of pro players. So if you tell anyone in Rocket League, it will just go out. There's, there's no yeah. doubt. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't particularly hard as soon as you realized, hey, I'm just not allowed to say anything to anyone in Rocket League about it. Like, I told three people, and none of them were anything to do with Rocket League. It was my mom, it was my best friend from real life, and, and it was someone else I played online with, but who never played Rocket League. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. Um, well, that's good. Yeah, what about your, your parents? Did they know who Team Liquid was? Did you have to explain it to them, all that stuff? Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. My mom instantly turned around and was like, oh my god, really? <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a, she's grossly invested in it. My whole family are. They're really invested in it. So as soon as we turn around and went, hey, um, Team Liquid have shown real interest. My mum was like flying around the room. Um, That's awesome. I think she was she was probably half of your clicks on YouTube. Uh, not on YouTube. <laughs> on on <laughs> on the Team Liquid website would have been her for that night. <laughs> <laughs> She'd come in every 15 minutes go, have you seen their apparel? Have you seen this? Have you seen that? Oh my God, they're so good. She'd come That's flying funny. in saying so many things. I'm like, yeah, I know. Pretty, what about yeah. you? Parents Parents were stoked? Yeah, I told my mom and I, I told her that this is this is huge. I don't think you will ever understand how huge this is. Um, and, and I still, even when the video went live, I still think she didn't realize it. So I had to explain her how big it is that... Liquid is a world-class organization, and this is what everybody dreams of being signed by, and and being able to like tell her that after all these years, um, that your work has finally like reached the peak. Um, that was really special. Um, the bucket, the bucket list. Get yeah. signed to Liquid. That's it. Yep. That's the one. Done. 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 <laughs> um, well, hopefully not, because your your journey is certainly just getting started. Um, has has COVID impacted like the way that you guys are really like trying to gel as a team in the early stages of this whole thing? Or are you guys still making sure to put in enough time for scrims and all that stuff too? Mm, I really wish we could like, um, with the bootcamp, I think like getting a bootcamp before the season started, but obviously because of COVID it's quite difficult. Um, but yeah, that's, that's really the only thing, and maybe offline events. I think offline is events is something that everybody misses in the scene, but it's the same for everybody. So you have to adjust your play to online play only, uh, which means that you might be able to play a bit different. But um, no, usually, I would just say like meeting up and just playing as a team would really help uh, offline aspect. Yeah, it was one of those things where where our in game our in game um, meshing would maybe take a little bit more time. Uh, due to not being able to hang around with each other as much, but out of game, it was it. We didn't really have a problem with that. It was very natural and very kind of seamless. Like, you know, yeah. ex ex teammates, current teammates. I kind of just sure. was middleman and hello, play together now. Yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. I mean, it's good that it worked out. That yeah. there was no like weird introductory period of like not knowing about the other person. That's always super helpful. Yeah. Um, do you guys think that Europe is like the dominant region in Rocket League, or is there a dominant region? in Rocket League outside of Europe? What are your thoughts? Hmm. Used to be. Good question. Used to be? Yeah, Europe used to you, be? You, yes. You used to be. I think Europe is a mess right now. I think yeah, it, like, you can't predict anything about Europe anymore. It's... No. Interesting. 
it, you just can't, but you can predict NA every time, pretty much. Uh, mm -hmm. You'll have like seven RLCS teams or like the seven seven teams you expect, and maybe maybe an unknown team. That's about it. But in Europe, you can have like four RLCS teams that you expect to be doing well, and then you have four new teams. You're like, where did these guys come from? Um, so it's so unpredictable in Europe, and it's 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 a really really difficult region to predict. And yeah, it's it's also really fun to play. I think because um, it keeps you keeps you at the top of your game, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So you, see, you think that NA NA is the dominant region? I would no. say so. Yeah, I would say so at the moment. Ooh, conflicting I think, opinions. Yeah, mm. I, I think so at the moment. But but I think NA is more more mechanical than Europe. I think they're focused yeah. heavily towards mechanic, while sometimes Europe is more about efficiency and more like what do you say direct, and they just go and then just like play the game and you can still win by that like, that's the thing about Rocket League like there's no perfect way to play this game yet and I don't think there ever will be um, mm. so it's yeah it's just who shows up on the day as well that's the thing about Rocket League like you can be the best team in one day and then win everything and then the next day you are something else um, yeah. yeah I think I think the thing about um, Europe versus North America is that I feel like North America's skill gap between the top RLCS team and the bubble team that just qualified for, for RLCS 8 to come in 32nd seed is a bigger difference than what it is in Europe, which is why there are far more upsets in Europe. Partially because North America is a lot more mechanics-based, so essentially those who have the better mechanics just kind of win outright because in North America everyone has the shared goal of, hey, I want to do eight flip resets and I want to be fast and, and mechanical, etc. Whereas in Europe there's a, there's a bit of a recognition of, hey, this team is more mechanical than us we can still upset them by doing this and that's why more upsets happen um so in north america the best team right now nrg like three most mechanical players absolutely in terms of pace raw mechanics etc um whereas in europe like you would say vitality is the best team yet bds wins it and and top blokes come second who you wouldn't even expect to to be top six like before going into that tournament it's a very volatile region in comparison to North America that I do agree with for Eon. Were you guys worried at all like towards the end? Well, what happened? So Rocket League introduced a new tournament format and like a new esports format and all this stuff. But then you have teams like Cloud9 leaving the esport. Were you guys worried at all about Cloud9 exiting and like the health of the league? Or did you think it was going to get better? I think everybody was a bit worried when you saw that the rumors that Cloud9 were leaving. Um, because you're always losing one of the big orcs, and that's never a good sign for other orcs to get into the scene if, if one is leaving. But I think C9 different, like the situation they had was a bit different. Um, and I think it also opened up an opportunity for another orc to take their spot in, in that regard. Like, for example, with Liquid coming in, it's a perfect time for them to get in when another one is leaving because all the attention will be on them instead. Uh, so I, I think it's, it's, it's actually beneficial for their, for their like, hold what should you say, like esports in general, that, that it just still shows that other huge organizations have interest and it keeps other organizations of watch eye on Rocket League, which I think is good for everybody involved in the scene. So in that regard, I think it was actually quite well. So yeah, I was definitely uh, initially scared, like on face value when Cloud9 announced their departure, I was, I was scared. I was like, oh, this is not a good sign. But then, then um, when you kind of remove the emotion from it and you realize that, hey, this then opens up doors for other orgs and um, mixed with Sonics is then um, 
then talking to us about the things and their plans, it kind of then soothed the soothed the panic where, you know, on face value, hey, Cloud9's leaving. And especially from a, a normal viewer's perspective who doesn't have Psyonix inside information, you would panic. But then Psyonix comes to us and goes, hey, we're, we've got this in the plans and talks to us about RCSX while it's confidential. And then we all of a sudden go, oh, okay, crisis averted, back to normal, we scrimming tonight. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. That's pretty awesome. I mean, so Psyonix is like, heavily involved with the players specifically right like way more over mm -hmm. orgs so do you guys yeah. do you guys like that better that they can come directly to you or is it like a weird thing for an org right because it's like kind of the same in fortnite and now mm -hmm. epic games owns psionics right so it's yeah, like so they're it's... just prioritizing players so do you find it weird that like you're even on an organization when the game developer like prefers to just go directly to the players or how do you how do you feel about that whole thing um ideally i'd rather psionics went to everyone um, mm -hmm, but I don't. True. I don't see what. I don't see what the it, like. If they went to, what I don't understand is if they went to orgs and not players, that just adds an extra path. Whereas if they went to both at the same time, you'd have everyone in the loop with transparency exactly the same time. Which I hope Sionix does in the future. Um, but at least their their path with going to players first means that if the players are tuned in, um, it then gets to orgs faster. If that makes sense, as opposed to going to the to the Team Liquid email and uh, have some representative of Team Liquid looking at the email and then passing it on, passing it on, passing it on, and then the next day it comes to us as opposed to, hey, Sonix, uh, you know, Shice just sent me a DM going, would you like to look at this for RLCSX, please, and pass it on. And then I go, hey, guys, look at that, finished. It's a, it's a quicker process that way, I think, in my opinion. No, I also think it's important that I think a lot of companies, they, they leave the players out of it. I also think it's quite unique that they're actually allowing the players to have this amount of influence. It's, yeah. it's dangerous, but it's also very rewarding as a player that you feel that you your opinion actually matters and they're listening to what you have to say. Yeah. Sometimes as a competitor, you, you can just play the game and then you talk to the developer and then you will be like, yeah, that's noted, uh, we'll remember this and then nothing will happen, right? But mm -hmm. here you actually feel like what you're saying, somebody is valued at and they will actually go up the chain and it might change for the better. Um, which yeah. was also, which I really enjoy that this this leak that or leak this format we have now is is heavily um, player uh, say focused in a regard that the players have voiced their opinions about the last system that was in place with the league play that now we have an open circuit that everybody wanted what's best for everybody and and the players really really like I think I've not heard anyone say that they dislike it yet no, um, I, I think there's still seen, still yeah. still room for improvements, but there's nobody that dislikes it because it's a new format where you can always work on it. And and I think it's a really good fundamental base that we have now for the scene. And it's really rewarding seeing that it's it, everybody else and all the viewers are enjoying it too. Um, yeah. So from a player perspective, uh, for those people that are listening or watching that don't know about the new format, explain it from a player perspective, kind of what changed from previous to now. You'll do speed. Yeah, sure. So originally for nine seasons of RLCS, disregarding season one, so eight seasons, you would have um, uh, a certain amount of weeks of league play, which was essentially a round-robin format, very similar to football's Premier League Championship, um, where at the end of it, the top two teams would auto-qualify for Worlds, for the World Championships, which was biannually. Um, you would then have positions three, four, five, and six, um, who would battle it off in a one-day regional format, which would be double elimination, four teams, meaning two teams would 
progress to the World Championships to join the two already qualified, and the other two would just maintain their spot. Um, position seven, just flat out, that's your season done. You've maintained your spot. Think of it finishing 10th in the Premier League. Well done, you finished 10th. See you next season. Um, eighth and ninth would have a relegation tournament from second and third from the league below. So think Premier League Championship. Um, and then last place and first place from respected leagues would swap. So if you came stone dead last in the in the RLCS, that was it. See you later. And if you came first in the RLRS, hello and welcome. Um which was good at the time, but what it didn't encourage was um, was roster swaps. It, it it made it very stable, but also exclusive. stable but stale. Yeah, exclusive. Mm-hmm. You'd have the same teams there every season, and you would have a seventy percent chance of staying in RLCS just before the season even started. You know, um, you could win three series out of your nine in the league, and there you go. Well done, you've achieved seventh. See you next season. Um, you know, you've you've got to the next season of RLCS by having a 33% win record. You know, it's not ideal. In comparison to now, where it's all an open circuit format, where we've, as former RLCS teams, gotten invites to RLCS for the first three monthlies. Um, and I believe there's 16 teams that got through. I'm not sure. No, we're the only teams that got qualified. So 10 teams got invited to this 32-team RLCS regional. 22 teams to make up a 32-team bracket qualify through Opens. And this could be anyone. This could be my mum, my brother, and my dad turning up, having the day of their lives and qualifying, which means, which makes it a lot um, a lot fresher for viewers. They can get their... They, there's a lot more underdog stories. There's a lot more excitement when upsets happen, etc. Um, and what would happen is, is that you'd have two weekends of Swiss... Um, Swiss bracket week one and week two to knock out um, 24 of those 32 teams. And then those final eight teams would play your very standard um, quarterfinal, semifinal, final, and the winner, obviously, would be crowned the winner of that stage. Um, with the idea being that you gain points for where you finish. And if you have X amount of points and you finish top in your region, you then qualify for majors and subsequently worlds. Whew. I mean, it's that's, that was. I, I feel like you were reading off of like a Wikipedia page or something. That's that was why I said want to take no, it. Was, I just now know. I understand why you tossed to him. Yeah, that was good. That was yeah. like just like I feel like you blacked out. You're like, what? Did I just say something? What, what happened? Uh, no, that was break. excellent. Ra- round Too of applause back for, in the, a minute. for the brilliant explanation of the, of the bracket. Um, does that make it more or less difficult for you as a team now to like? Are you having to? I guess like change the way that you're practicing and you don't feel as comfortable anymore, right? Where if you played like an okay season before, you're yeah. still in versus now, that's that doesn't exist anymore. So how is that yeah. changing from a from a player's perspective from you guys? Like I said, you could have a 33% win rate in the previous RLCS seasons and keep your spot in RLCS. We had a 40% win rate on that week on that week one where we had a complete off day. We had a 40% win rate and that's it, you're out. Good night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's put a lot of fire, especially in my belly. Um, to play a lot more and get a lot better. Like I haven't played the game this much in eight months, comfortably eight months. Um, it it also means that I now have to play against teams that I previously never wanted to. Um, <laughs> not because of ego, but because I just didn't like playing them. Um, you have different play styles in Rocket League, and the one which I hate the most, um, not because I play badly against it, but because for me it's boring. Is 
turn my brain off, hit the ball, wherever it goes, it goes. I'm just going to whack the ball around a lot. And there are a lot of teams in the bubble scene that do that now. And with 32 teams in these tournaments, you play these bubble teams that play that style. So now I'm forced to scrim it because I need to beat it. Um, whereas before I never had to. So yeah, my scrim schedule's changed and my outlook has changed. And I guess for the better, as much as I don't really want to admit it because I have to play these teams. <laughs> well, Fruity, does that... Uh well, are you in the same boat that you haven't played the game as much in eight months? Or does that scare you at all that Speed said that? <laughs> no, uh, it doesn't really scare me because Rocket League is a weird game because some players they actually thrive on, on quite a few, like not playing the game as much. Because this game mm -hmm. is like very placebo based. So like some players, they'll actually get a placebo <laughs> of playing too much and then they'll get into bad habits, right? And bad habits, it's quite hard to get out of. So some players, they try to play as efficient as possible and as optimal as possible so sometimes a break is good and sometimes not playing the game like just full out 10 hours a day it's it's not going to work because again rocket league is literally your your brain is going to be fried after like five hours of playing just full time it is so demanding and it's so like fast paced that that you have five minutes of action then you you queue another game and then you play again and then you're you do that for five hours and your brain is just melted um but yeah, yeah. I guess the difference between Rocket League scrims and any other like League of Legends scrims, you probably have more, well, you definitely have more experience in this than me, but whenever I play a League of Legends ranked game, I can AFK in the lane if I'm playing top lane because it's an island and I only have to check if someone's in the jungle, if someone's in the in the river for a good 15 mm -hmm. minutes. Whereas in Rocket League, if I turn my brain off for three seconds, we've conceded and we're on the kickoff again. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so ridiculously intensive in comparison to every other game. Um, yeah, you got to be on all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah, also very, very, very punishing if you're not focused 100% and mm -hmm. you can pretty much lose the entire series because of that. Well, speaking of League of Legends and playing at a high level and everything, Fruity, I didn't know that you played with a keyboard and mouse. Yeah. That's great. What, like, is that, are you like one of the only ones that does that? I think there's more coming into the scene, but yeah, we are, we're quite a few. I think we're a couple, maybe a handful in, in the scene in general. Um, I think we're like, a, like three or four in Europe and then a couple in, in the Oceania region, and that's yeah. about it. Um, we're not a lot of us. Uh, but did you start playing on a controller and then transition no. over, or did you come in I just played. I just played because I, had, like, I didn't have a controller at, at the moment. Like, yeah. At that time, I didn't, I didn't have a controller, so I just kept playing. And um, then I think I, I must have played like a year, and then I thought to myself, maybe I should switch <laughs> over to a controller. But then I started getting results. Like I started getting better. I started winning tournaments. Uh, and then I thought to myself, I uh, should probably not do that when I'm at this level now. Um, so I just kept with it and got better and better and better. And now we're here. Uh, That's so, so interesting. Was, was Rocket League ever played on console to begin with? Yeah, it was a console only game at the start. I think it was only PlayStation, right? When it was free, that was yeah. that was the major one. Free to play, <laughs> that was what got me into it. My mates were like, "You should get Rocket." I was like, "Nah, I don't want to." Then it went, "It's free," and I was like, "Ooh." Yeah. So originally it was played on. Con I mean, that's that's one of those things where you know you see it in Fortnite too, and and I don't really pay attention to Fortnite esports too much, but every time I go on Twitter, there's people arguing about controller players versus keyboard mm. and mouse players. So since there's very few of you in Rocket League, do do you get like shit from the rest of the community for playing on a keyboard and mouse? Do they think it no. has competitive advantage or disadvantage or anything no i never had anyone give me shit for playing keyboard um i think people good, just respect good on the rocket league community thank you yeah, thank you guys yeah it's actually quite <laughs> let people quite, do what they want for the love of god i think it's it's quite 
quite unique in that sense that there's two sorts of inputs and it's both competitive because there's no like there's certain advantages and disadvantages with both i think and so it's just whatever fits your playstyle the best i think you have to realize what, what works the best with your inputs um so it's really unique and and i think it's quite fun to see the difference um, some of some of the most mechanical players like keyboard like we have in Rocket League, we have freestylers who just oh do only God, mechanical yeah. stuff and they're some of the most consistent <laughs> at it and they do the craziest stuff ever. And, and controller players are sitting there like, how do they do that, right? So no, it's like, there's always out the flip reset. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, it, it's quite, quite unique in that regard, I think. Um, I don't think another game has it. Like, I can't imagine, uh, maybe only Fortnite, but there's actually an advantage with Fortnite, right? With the controller, they have uh, aim assist. The I aim think. assist, yeah. Yeah. But this doesn't give you any like competitive advantages sense where you can't like, you know, set hotkeys to do something that would otherwise be complicated on the controller no. or anything like that. No, there's no so real you, advantage. So, well, so speed, you played you, you played League of Legends too. It sounds like so you never considered playing mouse and keyboard, or have you tried? No, -uh. I I have once. I was horrendous. Um, I came from console. <laughs> I came from console, right. so I played so my entire time. Yeah. So it was like, like I played League of Legends. Um, on a laptop with an Intel Celeron in back in 2012, 2013. So that explains my level of PC gaming, that running League of Legends, <laughs> lowest settings, 10 FPS, that went down to three in a team fight. Um, <laughs> that was all my experience with the keyboard. Um, I was much more suited to the controller, and obviously I, when I switched to PC, and I was like, yeah, just plug the controller in. It was never yeah. really a second thought. Um, since then, I've played a lot more with a keyboard since I got a PC, but back back then, when I first switched, I was like, no, this would take me so many hours, and that's just not worth it. It's interesting to hear that the community doesn't really give players shit for playing keyboard and mouse versus controller, because I think from the outside, the Rocket League scene seems slightly toxic or like emotionally just charged to all hell, where... I feel the opposite about Fortnite. You know, you see the game, you're like, it's cartoony. Ah, all these little kids love it. And they're like the most toxic group of people on the internet. So um, where I, do you guys feel like the scene is toxic at all or just like very emotional? Or is it different at like pro level? It's different at pro level for sure. Yeah. Uh, pros, there's very little toxicity. I think people are too scared to speak up. Uh, most people just keep it respected and then they don't talk about it. But I think when you go down the lower ranks, you're going to start seeing it. Uh, yeah, I've seen yeah. some 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 games in all the ranks down below and it's, uh, it's definitely something else down there than I'm used to at the top. <laughs> um, people get quite mad quite fast and uh, I think it's like that in almost every game, right? Um, yeah, but the thing is with, with Rocket League, the only good thing about Rocket League, I keep saying this to, like I usually stream and I keep saying to people that Rocket League is five minutes, right? It's not like a League of Legends game <laughs> where you play for 45 minutes to an hour and then one guy just suddenly goes AFK and he's like, I have to go to bed or like I have to shut down, right? And then you just <laughs> left there 4v5. And with Rocket League, thank God it's five minutes and that's it and then you're over, right? And then you go next. Um, that's the only good thing. And, and recently, Psionics have started to really, really be harsh with their punishments. Mm -hmm. Like if you say one bad word, you might actually get a three-day ban and then you're gone, like, you know, and then it really, people really got caught off by that. I think they did a couple months back and then there was a, people were quite mad about it. Um, but I think that's good. Um, Mr. Mr. Outspoken Speed over here. I see him. He's like, I can't be toxic anymore. I can't tell all these kids that they're shit. What am I going to do? No, it's different. It's <laughs> different. I'm not, I'm not toxic. I'm just 
honest. honest. That sounds really bad. That sounds oh, horrendous. Yeah. Oh, wait, let's I'll say, just get let, up me, and let leave. me put on my psychology hat right now. What's the difference between toxic and honest? If they're trash and they deserve it, it's honest. No. No. <laughs> no. No. It's Yikes. not like that. No, I've never I I've actually never been toxic like to someone like I'll call someone trash on my stream but it's because they can't hear it. I've never been toxic over text chat or anything like that. Um, so you're toxic behind people's backs, which is yeah. where you should be toxic. <laughs> yeah. I don't, no, um, no, it's just, it's one of those things where I, when I was younger, it's one of those things I wish I could get rid of. When I was like 16, 15, I was really toxic. Whereas now it's just kind of one of those things where I don't, I don't see the point. Like the, the, the go-to is to be sarcastic over team chat if someone's having a problem with you because normally they start it with you um, like someone will say why you, you're so washed um, and then they'll miss a ball five seconds later and the go-to for me is to turn around and go wow it was a really good hit man really good good shot <laughs> <laughs> good shot there's nothing better than there's there's two two schools to teaching toxic kids in my opinion and the first one is to be sarcastic as hell and the other one is to just say you're so right man I'm so washed both both of them just completely disarm. It, it's so fun. It's so fun to to watch someone try and be toxic to you and have you turn around and go, you know what, man? You're so right. I am so bad at this game. Well, there's two, <laughs> things, there's two things I want to talk about based on what you just said. Uh, mm -hmm. Number one, we'll touch on very quickly. You said, when I was younger, about 15 or 16, and you're 19 now? So how can you yeah. possibly say when I was younger? That was like a couple years ago. <laughs> Have you? Right. Uh, has your now. emotional maturity? <laughs> have you, has your emotional maturity just been on like the huge uphill in the last couple of years? I mean, that no. is a serious question, right? Because I mean, even I remember when I was sixteen, I thought I was like mature, and then getting to like upwards near twenty, you're like, wow, like what a crazy difference. And then from twenty to twenty-five, you're like, wow, what a crazy difference, right? Mm. So no, I think uh, as I think, far as uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go I was on. just gonna say the only the only difference is that I don't say it. I still have the same thoughts, but I'd say <laughs> well, that's it. That's good. Self control. Yeah, <laughs> like that's good. like. Like I said, um, I don't know if I said I, th I broke I broke TVs with FIFA and I was so toxic. But this was back when I was like 12, 13 because I was behind the screen. And that was still a thing when I was 15, 16. And I guess when I got older, I still think people are bad. I'll still get into a rank game and just go, oh, my God, these guys are horrendous. But I just won't say it now because it achieves nothing. It's just a dickish thing to do. I guess that's what I mean when I say I've, I wish I'd yeah. known that back then because you don't achieve anything from it. Like totally. when I was 15, 16, there was, there was an element of venting. Whereas now it's like, what do I actually achieve from this? Yeah. And Freddie, like, you're 25, 24, 24, 24. 24 yeah. He's are, actually yeah, are you, ancient. You are in, in esports. Yeah, at this stage, he's got one foot in the grave. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like your age has ever affected your ability to play competitively? Cause they start oh, to yeah. say right around, right around now is when your hand-eye coordination starts to go allegedly. But do you mm -hmm. ever feel that? No, I, I think like going back to the toxicity, I, I think I realized that after a couple of times you get banned on League of Legends way back <laughs> when you're younger. I think the longest I got banned was two weeks. And that really teaches no, you a really? lot of things. Yeah, two weeks. And that really teaches you a lot of things when, you, uh, when you're like 14 and 15. And then you realize <laughs> later on when you go to a new game, it's like you used to be like this. There's no point being in the next game because it's just... There's no point, and you just get older, right? Like you just, there's no 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 good thing coming from it other than just like Speed said, being sarcastic and having a laugh about it, and that's yeah. about it, you know. Um, 
but yeah, go, going back to what you said earlier, being older, yeah, it, it's like, it's I'm really old compared to like other people coming into Rocket League. <laughs> you because are ancient. Majority of people are like some of the newest kids that are coming up are like 13, 14, and fifteen, and I'm like, yeah. Jesus Christ, Yikes. that's so like, I'm ten years older than them, right? Like, it's crazy. I was playing video games when they were new, like they were they were babies, like you know, like yeah. it's just want, crazy. To just want to like, let you know they were probably born in two thousand seven, two thousand and eight. It always hits yeah. people harder when you say the year yeah. of their birth, and then Yikes. you realize he was born in ninety six. Yeah, I, I was know. born in eighty nine. <laughs> Shut up. Oh. <laughs> I'm a I'm an ancient boomer. Yeah. Holy, that makes me oh, feel wait. horrible. Yeah. Oh, they were born in 2007. That's when I graduated high school. I want to I want to jump back into the second thing that I wanted to talk about based on this is before again before we started recording we talked about a lot of awesome stuff. Uh, you were telling me about the the days of one man comms and being <laughs> honest to your teammates' faces. So, uh, talk, I mean, I guess we could we could bring Cooks here back into the conversation now, right? Where he is kind of yeah. quiet and sometimes you felt like you are like one man calming. So how does how does the communication like in your eyes specifically since you're the one doing it, how does communication like really affect the the team dynamic during during games? I think I think it's actually the most important thing in in Rocket League. I personally think it's more important than uh, apart from apart from mechanically being able to hit the ball, that's that's the most important thing. You know, you can con, but if you miss everything, you're crap. But other than that, that's the most important thing. In the people can play the game weird, like Cookser plays the game in a weird fashion, in a unique way, like we said earlier. Um, but when you con it, you understand it, and it becomes a strength. Um, when you don't have comms and someone's in my blind spot, like especially a teammate that's not calming something that's in my blind spot, that's where problems happen. That's absolutely where problems happen because they won't tell me how much boost they're on or they say some, they miss something and that changes my decision making. Like not saying something. If, if they give me every information, I trust my own ability to make the correct decision. If I'm not given all the information, I don't trust myself to make the correct decision. Um, so for me, it's the most important thing, especially when you're playing with someone in your blind spot, as you tend to in Rocket League, because you do a rotation. Someone always ends up being in your blind spot very often. Um, and if they comm that, no issue. It's when they fail to miss things out. It's when they miss things out in comms that you then have problems happen, especially on defense. And pardon my complete ignorance for the way the competitive Rocket League works, mm -hmm. but are, is there a shot caller on the team? Are you the shot caller? Like, is there one no. unified voice, or no. is it like a constant... Constant, constant flow of communication, pretty yep. much. Mm-hmm. It has to be. You can't have one guy doing all the calls. That's impossible, and it will never work because Rocket yeah. League is so fast-paced and so fluid in the way that you play it that you need everybody on the team doing exactly the same. And But you can have somebody who has more tendencies to call out different stuff than another guy has. That might help. You know, yeah, like, you, you have, have tendencies and, and sort of that stuff. You can have a one, two, and a three man in comms, but you never have an IGL, like, not like any mm -hmm. other games. Like... Um, Again, going on to the fact that you can't do five, six, seven hours of scrims because everyone's playing at this high intensity, everyone's calming, everyone's doing the same amount of efforts. You can't even flick around the IGL. Like you're all calming, you're all at hundred percent every second of the game. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, yeah, there are people that calm more. There are people that calm in different ways, but the the everyone has to calm. There's there's no way around that. And is the opposite also true? Like over communicating and just like having the comms just be a constant just echo chamber of how much boost you have and where you're going and all that stuff? 
For my mm, personal experience, no. No, I don't think either. Um, I think it's I more the relevancy. Like you can maybe hear like the boost account, you know, like it's more about the relevancy of the communication you're doing. Make yeah. sure between always having a, a voice in the communication. Those those things are the important ones. Yeah, I think I think there are higher priority voices at certain times. So the person that's furthest back sees the whole pitch. They have the most informed opinion, so they should be the one that's the loudest at that moment. Whereas if I've just took a shot and all I can see is the ball directly above my head, <laughs> yeah. I can't say shit other than I've got no boost. <laughs> right. Right? Um, so in those situations, people should be more vocal than others. But other than that, um, no, I don't think there's such a thing as overcoming at all. Um, information you- is definitely power. And you said that you're uh, you're one of the few people in this world that actually talks to Cooks on a regular basis and actually has heard his voice over comms. So is yeah. he? Um, what, what's he like in game? Does he stay relatively quiet, or is he just as chatty as you guys? Depends on how much he wants it. Yeah. <laughs> if if he wants if he wants to win, you'll know he wants to win, and he'll come more than most. Um, if it's scrims, you'll hear one word every fifteen minutes. So he doesn't want to win scrims? He doesn't care? It, it's he's, he's a very goal-driven person. And if if there's no goal behind the scrim, as in like... Um, I think I think an important part of him is... is I think we, we talked about this literally two days ago. He wants to win something. He, he doesn't care if he's winning a Steam key or $100,000. If he's physically winning <laughs> something, it makes him want to play and then he comes. He's kind of similar to me in that sense. Um, but in scrims, you don't win anything. Um, even when you're playing, like you, you analyze how you're playing and stuff. They're useful for progression. But as for, you know, there's no like if we get bombed in scrims seven seven zero and lose every game. Um, at the end of the day, just scrims go together the next day. But if you lose a tournament, you know, you know, there's there's a different feel to that. Absolutely, totally. Yeah. So is there a way that you win, can motivate he's... yourselves? I mean, uh, just from uh, it's a good, it's a really good point to bring up. Actually, is like scrims can kind of just be you know very monotonous and just kind of like mm-hmm. you don't really see anything right so is there something that you guys can do or that you can try to maybe infuse into your practice that would give you that sense of motivation to because if you look at right let's put it in context of like astralis csgo like mm-hmm. i've heard many stories about how when they go into practice like if they if they drop a game during scrims they've considered themselves failures and all this stuff and they've found out a way to like weirdly unlock their practice regimen so that they could be the best in the world yeah. Is there something that you guys can do like that for Rocket League or does it not matter to you as much? Like, do you only care about being in competition only? Um, I've got that in my head. I'm, I'm intensely competitive, but there is, there is just simply a thing where uh, there's not as much pressure. It's a more relaxed. It's very, very hard. Like I said, comms in Rocket League is so important and comms naturally are so much better during tournaments. In scrims, it's very hard to play at 100%. Mm-hmm. So, you are naturally going to lose games and scrims, and that frustrates me. But it's an ever-losing battle for me. Like I, I haven't found a way to, to change that yet. Where I want to win every scrim I play, but, you know, for off days and lack of comms and stuff, I've not found my way around it yet. Mm. Um, however, however, with Sonics's new the field, I found a way around it because there's a prize pool related to it. So it's essentially team six man's team scrims in a best of five format. Um, with with a small prize pool at the end of each month for those who come on top, um, and while myself and Cooks have been notoriously very bad in scrims, we're currently five wins, one loss in the field. 
because there's a prize pool. I think it's just something that we need to understand about ourselves and that we need something to motivate us in order to play well. And scrims right now, is, or scrims for quite a while, has not done it for either of us. But now there's a, a financial element attached to it. Yes, there's scrims with scrims with money at the end of it. Interesting. Do they just and scrim? That? And scrim? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, this is the first month. Yeah. Yeah. Th this is the first month. Um, That's awesome, actually. But it's not only that. <laughs> there's there's an arbitrary leaderboard. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not arbitrary. If you come top of the leaderboard, you get the money. But the the leaderboard is visible for everyone. Um, so it's a pride thing where we want, well, myself, yeah. I want to be on ego top of that leaderboard. Ego yes. with a little bit of money. Yeah, I mean, so that's yes. a motivator. That's interesting. How do you feel about that, Freddy? Do you like that, that format? Yeah, I like it. It's, it's something else. And I think it's more, it's really good for Speed and Cooksier to, to <laughs> find yeah, out it's something less, else. It's less good for him. Um, yeah, I, I don't but, mind scrims. But I, we've I've got the monopoly him. here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, majority those, in that situation. This is one of those things where he's two versus one. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you have no motivations, or you have no motivational issues in scrims. You no, you I, I, I've always tried to look at scrims differently and see what we can do as a team instead of looking at the opponents, what they're doing, and instead of like just looking at the result. And for me, because if you start looking at the results, I've tried too many times winning a, a scrim seven zero, and then the next weekend when you play a game in a tournament, you lose zero and three, and you're like. Well, that was a good practice. You know, we did everything right there, but you went next tournament. Still comes, didn't you, translate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it doesn't translate that well, especially in Rocket League, how what how volatile it is. So in that regard, you you start realizing how do you motivate yourself playing scrims instead of, and the only thing that you can do with a hundred percent confidence is look at yourself and your team, and you improve on yourself and what you do as a team, and use that time wisely instead of looking at the end result and and the the games you know like so yeah. in that regard it's it's i've never minded it but like it's good that there's something else than you just because it can be a grind just doing scrims for like three years right like it's the same you've <laughs> yes. done it like three years now right and then you there's a new thing called the field and it just gives you extra motivation and something new and fresh that's really rewarding and it gives you that bit more motivation to play the game a bit more a bit more and, and take it more serious and just keep keep the, the grind up pretty much. I guess this kind of launches us into a question about like how is the team dynamic then if, if Speed and Cooks are like on this I need to win something in order to be the best and you're mm -hmm. like I just want to improve ourselves like do you guys ever get into fights about that kind of stuff or is it relatively neutral? No, I, I think we have good discussions and we have we, yeah. we always try to like find the positives from each view and that's what makes us unique in that regard because I feel often a lot of people are afraid to voice their opinion in Rocket League the, because yeah. everybody's so young. And with our team and how we work is that we can voice our opinion and not feel judged or scared of, of people's opinion. Or like, if somebody talks back, you're not scared. Like, we're very mature and, and, and we have a good relationship in that regard compared to other teams. Uh, so you're yeah. never afraid to voice your opinion pretty much, um, which I quite well, enjoy. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that, that just goes back to communication in general. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of those things where if you if you disagree with someone but at least they've told you what they think, then you can make that decision for yourself. Whereas I feel like a lot of players, especially that are younger, are apprehensive to get into arguments or say stuff, um, and that can like hinder teams and break them up prematurely. Um, because you'll say something and and they'll get offended as opposed to you just going, Hey, I just don't think this is how, how it should work. Mm -hmm. And you know, the difference between having someone that's 24 and someone that's 23 on my team um, as opposed to 
being with two 16 year olds is that is that I can turn around and say hey the comms look like the comms feel like I'm in a morgue right now which I have said um, true in the last week um, <laughs> in a morgue how, uh, the, the bigger question is how often are you going to morgues that you know that that's what it sounds like instead of a morgue <laughs> Weekend, weekend getaway. Like, yeah, it's just, go down to the uh, just a re- to the weekend, re- weekend retweet, <laughs> retreat to the cemetery. Yeah, <laughs> man, we yeah, we've been talking for an hour. I, I, I maybe we should wrap this up. I don't know. What, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Maybe the fact that you're like a huge Marvel fanboy and now you're on a team that is partnered yes, with be- Marvel. Hey, that's already very openly. That's already <laughs> very openly aware that that's that's definitely a, a selling point with a dog that's literally called Loki. We're going to be getting a puppy soon called Thor, so they can be brothers. And with Aww. that all over, that I I don't think that's you understand. Awesome. I, don't I think you understand now me. I do. If you're naming your dogs yeah. after Marvel characters, yeah, that's uh, mm-hmm. that's that's a pretty good one. Which Marvel character do you do you identify with the most? Oh, don't get me started. That's that's like one of those questions where you turn around and go, which Marvel character is best? Because it's just going to create arguments either in, I'm not asking for which one's best. I'm asking which one you identify with the most. Like, if you <sighs> yeah, got sucked this, into a comic book tomorrow, like, which Marvel character would you be? I'll let Fruity have a guess. Ooh. That's a tough one. Beware, if you say the wrong thing, you're getting kicked. Oh boy! Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't mean for this to happen, but let's roll the dice, Rudy. Mm. Maybe Iron Man, but I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. I kicked. Yeah, I, yeah. I kicked. I like to think I'm a know-it-all. So. Yep. That's pretty accurate. So you're <laughs> Doctor Strange, Iron Man. Iron Man, Iron Man. I'm. Yeah. Nice. I don't predict right, the good future. Guess. Good guess. Good guess. Do you want to uh, let let the Liquid fans know where they can find you on the internet when your next uh, tournament coming up is? Any relevant mm, information? We pretty much play every every week with the with the grid between yeah. Thursdays and Fridays. It's pretty much the switches around, but we we have our own broadcast at Team Liquid's uh, Twitch channel. So if you want to come by and see us play, um, make sure to do that and uh, pretty much just. Reach us on uh, the Liquid Discord as well. I think me and Speed are both really, really active yep. within those. Um, so if you have any questions, feel free to ask us. Um, My Twitch is Speed underscore RL. I stream once a year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Free's far more consistent than I am. Um, and his streams are pretty fun sometimes. I'm not going to gas his ego too much because, <laughs> you know, that's just not fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also, to those of you that are listening or watching, uh, Fruity's YouTube channel is not the Fruity if you True. search Fruity. <laughs> that is not me. That is no, not he's going to get so offended. It is a fake Fruity. I, yeah. I made that mistake. I literally, as soon as we got on the call, I was like, hey, dumb question. Why do you upload only Fortnite videos? And he's like, oh, no, that's not me. That's an imposter. So Fruity not doesn't me. have a YouTube channel yet, but maybe he, he used will to do crate openings. That Fruity yeah, that you're talking actually, about used to do crate openings. Yeah, once upon a time. switched on to Fortnite. <laughs> luckily, yeah. luckily. That's I don't funny. know. I, I see similarities between you two. All right, really? What is yeah. it? You both about fifteen. <laughs> sure. We're both guys with faces <laughs> that live you somewhere in Europe. You both play games. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for being on Tilts. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? What social media platforms are you most active on? Uh, speed on Scorel on everything, and by everything, I literally mean Twitch and Twitter. Um, I'm very active on Perfect. Twitter. Very active on nice. Twitter, not so active on Twitch. 
but extremely active on Twitter. And Discord, I'm in the I'm in the um, the Team Liquid one, and I'm decently active on Discord, but nowhere near as much as Twitter. People can find me on Twitter, and it's Fruity, and then it's L zero L. You can guess where that's from. Uh, yeah. And uh, then I stream on Twitch, which is just Fruity. Um, stream almost every day. Uh, and yeah, pretty much just hang around Discord all the time, usually. Um, easy to find. Well, if you guys want to find me, I'm at Naughty and Sands on mainly Twitter and Instagram. If you want to find Team Liquid, the organization at Team Liquid, of course, you can find Tilts, the interesting liquid talk show on all of your favorite podcast applications. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to give us a five-star review. If you're watching on YouTube, drop a thumbs up, leave a comment in the comment section below. Subscribe to the Team Liquid YouTube channel to get all of your Tilts and Team Liquid news. Thank you so much for watching. Again, I'm Naughty and Sands, and we'll catch you in the next one.